Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to our February 2015 Worldwide Open Poetry Reading. It's an open poetry reading, and you're invited to call in and read your work from anywhere that you are in the world. We have no content or style restrictions. Call in. You'll have the chance to read a poem uh, and tell us what's going on in your poetry world. Perhaps you have a new book out you'd like to tell us about. Perhaps, oh, I don't know. There's a reading series that you run. Maybe, maybe you've got a website you want to tell us about. Uh, anything that has to do with poetry, we want to we want to learn about it. The best part about this show, in addition to hearing poetry from all over the world, is we get to learn about what's going on with poets and in their poetry communities, wherever they may happen to live. So, ladies and gentlemen, with all of that in mind, the number to call in is area code six four six. Seven one six seven three six two. Before we get to our callers, a few items of interest to poets all over the world. First of all, uh, you may have heard today that poet Philip Levine passed away. He was uh, he was in his eighties. Uh, he was a former poet laureate of the United States and an incredibly highly lauded and beloved poet, Pulitzer Prize winner, etc. So. Uh, a little bit later, at about the half-hour mark in the show, we're going to play a poem. Uh, we're going to play a, an, an audio file of him reading a poem that he wrote in red. So look forward to that. Sad day in poetry when that kind of stuff happens. Uh, also, as you may know, we are in the midst of our worldwide – wait, that's not the right word. Uh, we're in the midst of our 14th annual Great Poetry Exchange. What's the Great Poetry Exchange? You may ask, and I'm so glad that you did because I'm now going to tell you all about it. Uh, we've done this uh, every year for uh, 13 previous years. This is our 14th year. The whole idea behind it, this kind of grew out of our summer poetry contest where so many people uh, every year have been so generous as sponsors of the contest. So we've been able to actually give every single person to enter the contest applies just for entering, you know, no matter what, what anyone's score is. Um, so, you know, if you entered and you didn't win the contest, you're still going to get a prize. So I thought, well, how can we capitalize on the generosity, the poetic generosity of the poetry community of the world? And I came up with the Great Poetry Exchange. The idea behind it is um, if you send uh, or if you promise to send a book of poetry of yours to someone else in the world, you will, in exchange, receive a book of poetry from someone else in the world. Uh, so we're looking for a book that you wrote or edited. I suppose it could be an anthology that you appear in, but something that you basically have. Um, it could be a, you know, a nicely published uh, book, uh, perfect bound, like any trade paperback book. That's, that's sort of the ideal, but if you want to participate and you don't have something like that, you have a chapbook that was released, or even a chapbook that you're willing to put together, especially for this, that's okay too. You go to uh, the Poetry Web Superhighway website, you click on Great Poetry Exchange. Um, all the guidelines are there, which I'm now babbling off to you. Uh, but you click on the sign-up form, you fill it out, uh, you type in the name of your book, you type in a, a 50-word or less description. That's really important. Uh, uh, you, the description has to be 50 words or less. If it's longer than 50 words, and by the way, 51 
is longer than 50. Just throwing that out there. All right? So, uh, it, and if we do get your description and it's longer than 50 words, we're going to send you an email and say, hey, your description is longer than 50 words. Could you please send us one that is 50 words or less? And at that point, when we receive the correctly length description, then we will uh, add your book with your name and your website, if you include it, to the listing of books that are uh, uh, have been contributed by other participants. Right now, I think there's 44 or so, something like that. So, um, so that's it. So you put in your address and everything. We don't publicize your address, of course, just the name of your book, who you are, and the description. Then we're collecting these books all throughout February. Then um, at the end, on February 29th, I'm going to be uh, sending an email to every single person who participated. Um, and you will uh, receive in that email the address and name of the person who you're supposed to send your book to. And then you'll have up to two weeks to send your book to that person. And then, uh, and this is very important, and it helps avoid annoying follow-up emails, which will come if you don't do this. Um, you just send me an email that says, hey, Rick, I sent my book off to such and such a person. At which point, I will mark you off the roster, and you've done it. And then you just wait for the book that someone else is going to send to you to arrive to your house. So over the course of the beginning of... March, uh, there's this vision that I have that poetry books are flying all over the world from different places to different places. A couple things to keep in mind. Um, This is a free project, first of all. All you have to do is agree that you're going to send your book to somewhere else. And although we put this in the guidelines, it always kind of surprises some people. Sometimes because this is a project open to everyone in the world, if you live on one continent, you might receive an email that says, send your book to this person. On a whole other continent, uh, which means it's going to cost a chunk more in postage, and then sometimes people see that and they write back to me and say, hey, I had to spend such and such dollar amount, which was more than I thought I was going to have to spend to send my book to Zimbabwe, and I live in Ohio. Well, I'm telling you now, you might have to do that. There you go. Um, so keep that in mind uh, as you choose to participate. And then uh, most important is that you you notify me that the book has gone out, and uh, that way uh, I will not send you an annoying follow-up email saying, hey, I didn't hear from you that the book went out, etc., blah, blah, blah. Finally, the only other thing I wanted to tell you about that um, is it's not a one-to-one exchange. I'm not pairing you up with another participant. Um, It's circular, which means that you're going to send your book to one person, and that person is going to send their book to a whole other person. So uh, even if you get a book in the mail uh, from someone and you haven't yet sent your book out because you've been you know, uh, 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 delaying it for some reason, uh, you're not – you shouldn't send your book to the person who sent you their book. Though I suppose you could do that if you wanted to, uh, but you your obligation is to send your book to the person who you were told to send your book to. There, I think that's everything. So sign up now. It's on the Poetry Superhighway website. Uh, just click on Great Poetry Exchange, fill out the form, and on uh, at the end of the month, we will let you know who to send your book to. That's it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get to our open reading. As I mentioned, the, the call-in number is 646-716-7362. I'm going to put you on the air in the order that you called in. I'll identify you by your area code, or if you, you've clicked to uh, talk via Skype or Direct Connect, you might have entered your name, at which point I'll be lucky enough to be able to identify you by your name and not your number. That's it. All right. Call in, ladies and gentlemen. Our first caller is from the 516 area code. Hello. Hi. Hi, this Hi. is Stan Barkin uh, in Merrick, New York, where Hi, the Stan temperature Hol- is below zero, so you guys with 70s are lucky. <laughs> well, I um, now I feel awful uh, for having uh, you know revealed the uh, temperatures here in, uh, in Southern California, <laughs> Stan. But I'm, I'm I'm it sounds like you're still alive, and I'm crossing my fingers that it's, you're going to stay that way despite the. Uh, well, I'm staying cooped up in the house. The, the wind is howling about at all hours outside, and it's a little. There's a little snow on the ground, and my feral cats are 
cooped up nicely in their little cat houses. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll, we will survive here. And I, I just wanted to say that uh, Philip Levine was translated into Polish by my friend, the Holocaust survivor, Adam Shipper of Kendall Park, New Jersey. So it's sad to hear that he's passed, and I'm sure if Adam learns of it uh, too, he'll, he will be similarly sad. Uh, I, I will participate again in your world poetry thing. Uh, I didn't fill out the forms yet, but I will after your uh, initial commentary. Cool. That's great. I'm I'm so glad. Did, you've participated before in it, and uh, yes, and I did. And that. I did have to send a, a book uh, across the seas. <laughs> I, I understand that. That's okay. Not a problem. I, I promise you that it's random. You know, it's uh, it's, it's doesn't matter. Not, you know, doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, good. Um, did, just uh, just before I let you read your your poem, uh, did, did you um, do you remember what you received and, and where it was from, and, and any commentary on that? Not offhand, no. Uh, I'm sorry, you forgive me, but I'm getting on in in years, and my memory isn't what it once was. Uh, also, I've just been working on uh, four different books, uh, so my head is more in those books than any other kind of memory. Um, forgive no forgive me. I, well, thank I don't you recall, but I do remember that uh, the book I had to send was to, uh, across the ocean. <laughs> and it, it was extra costly, but it didn't matter. It was fine. I, I, I like what you're doing. I think it's, it's great for poetry. Cool. Well, thank you, uh, Stan. So uh, let's hear your poem. Okay. And the poem I want to read is The Art of War and Peace, which was published in Patterson Literary Review, number 42, 2014. 2015. These poems, uh, uh, this poem is uh, dedicated to two of my granddaughters. Uh, the Art of War, Part 1, for Roxy. Dusk, darkness descends in the hurricane caused lightless house. In the oversized chair in the corner of the living room, my barely three-foot, three-year-old granddaughter is reading Sun Tzu's The Art of War. Well, she's curled up with the book, riffling the pages, appearing to be reading it. Given that she's emerged whole, unblemished from a wrestling match with her bigger, older, eight-year-old sister, it seems she has a plan. How to get even. The first book she'll write when she's older. Just you wait. Part two, War and Peace for Tasha. Now my eight-year-old, in response to her younger sister's reading Sun Tzu's The Art of War, takes out her copy of Tolstoy's War and Peace, which she's been reading since the age of five, just a dozen or so pages each year. It's a thousand pages in the paperback edition and even longer in hardcover. But she's game, though she's having a hard time with some of the names. One day, when she's able to finish all of it, and her sister finishes the art of war, they just may find how to make peace out of the childish war between them. That's it. Thanks. <laughs> Very nice, Stan. Cool. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, sweet, Thanks for sweet. providing this uh, venue. My pleasure. Um, so you're, you said, did you say you're working on four different books right now? Yeah, well, I'm a small press publisher too, across cultural communications. One of, of the books uh, which is at press now in uh, Bulgaria is the Minstrel Song by Alyssa A. Lapin. Mm. Uh, second, which I just finished well, with the uh, designer in in uh, California. In fact, Alexis uh, Alexander rather Atkins. Uh, is uh, or, uh, the editors of it are Aniela and Jerzy Grigoric. It's called Native Foreigners, Jewish Polish Poets uh, Between the Wars. That's number two. Uh, number three is a Czech book called uh, As Dawn Breaks by a Czech author. I haven't seen the final galleys on that. And another is uh, Under the Thin Layers of Light, a book in Bengali and English poetry by Hassan al-Abdullah. And uh, Hassan right now is in uh, Bangladesh seeking some better translators for some of the poems need to be improved. Those are the four, yeah. 
Wow. Well, I I feel like I should let you go so you could you could get back to it. Uh, it no, no, like you it's have fine. quite a lot on your plate. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks, thanks so much for your wonderful uh, efforts that you're doing for poetry for these many years now. Uh, uh, and I'm going to go fill out that form that you reminded me about. Cool. Well, so I'll that I can send another book to whoever. Okay. Great. Well, I'll look for your submission later, Stanley. Thanks for uh, okay. calling in. Thanks for all that you do. Thanks and we'll a lot. Talk to you me. next time. All right. Okay. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. That was uh, Stanley Barkin calling from uh, Merrick, New York. Uh, a very busy man in poetry himself, obviously, working on several different books. And he runs a cross cultural communications. Uh, which is a, a publisher. Um, so check him out online if you'd like to know more about that. Thanks so much for calling in, Stanley. All right, the number to call in, if you would like to call and, and read a poem and tell us what's going on in your poetry world, is area code 646-716-7362. Our next caller is from the 860 area code. Hello. Hey, Rick. How are you? I'm good. How are you? This is Valerie from Maine. Hi. <laughs> Valerie from Maine. That's uh I just received a uh, uh oh no, I'm thinking Vermont. Never mind. I just... It's current <clears throat> yes, it's currently snowing here. Surprise. Well, uh you know, that's uh I hear that ha- that's sort of an annual thing in your part of the world. It is. We get lots of snow. It's okay. And cool. I will I just... definitely check out St- And you know what? You know what, Rick? I hope my book goes to to Zimbabwe. Me too. I hope I have I to just, send it like really far away. There's probably a dearth of, of good say poetry my, books. In my Zimbabwe. words are here. <laughs> so, Valet, you're in a Bangor, Maine, is that right? Do, do I recall that correctly? Well, it's yes. I say Bangor, but I actually live in a place that no one's ever heard of. Well, what's called it called? Passadumkeg. Passadumkeg, Maine? But Pass- yes, Bangor. S- Passadumkeg. Passadumkeg. That's why I live. That sounds like a strange it's, drinking game of some kind. <laughs> it's something, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, cool. Do you have a, a have you have you managed to pull out a poem from the snow? You know, I do. I do. Um I wrote this one yesterday because my own poetry prompt is, what if love was a tangible thing? This is what I wrote. I wear hearts and love to be apropos to attract the attention of love. And love is with a capital L. Love would see me and exclaim, why, here you are. You've been here all this time. I'll find a way back to you. That's all I have so far. Well, it's a great start. Uh, it's it's a always start. cool to it's always cool to have a prompter, you know, uh, uh, a starting point to get you going, a concept, and the idea of, as you said. At the beginning, you know, well, what if love was a tangible thing? You know, what would it? Uh, all kinds of places you can you can go with it. Is it something you could carry with you? Uh, does it need a special container? Um, does it emit a smell that people need to be concerned about? You know, what happens when people right. see love love on you? Do they get jealous? Do they want some? You know, uh, so that's uh, that's kind of cool. Thank you. I love poetry prompts. They really do. They'll focus you. Yeah. So, what? Anything going on uh, up in your neck of the woods or in your personal poetry world? Do you want to tell us about? What is going on in my poetry world? Um, my two websites—they're um, both WordPress sites. We've talked about this, but I don't know who's listening, so I'll say it again: um, poetrypasta.wordpress.com. Anyone can uh, submit a poem. Contribute a poem. Just don't make it, you know, mean, hateful, or just plain bad. I'm the editor for that. And then I have my own site, which is wordsofthevow.wordpress.com. So I do those two things. That's great. And I submit, 
Thank you. Thank you. I also edit and submit for the local, local, local writers group. Oh, I'm, I'm a busy person. I'm busy like you, Rick. Well, it's better than sitting around looking for stuff to do. Yes. If I didn't do that, I'd be outside in the snow. <laughs> Look, all I can say is wear a sweater. You know, I mean, that's uh, that's the best I can offer at this point. Absolutely, of course, of course. Well, Valerie, thanks so much for calling in and uh, and uh, and sharing the beginnings of your new new poem. Maybe uh, maybe you'll have it finished by next month, and we'll uh, we'll hear the whole thing. I hope so. Cool. All right. Well, th- um, have a great rest of your day. Stay warm, and talk to you next time. Thank you, Rick. All righty. That was uh, a Valerie calling from <clears throat> Passa Dumkeg, which apparently is in the Greater Bangor area of Maine. Uh, all right. Thank you, Valerie, for calling in. Our number for you to call in, please call in. We've got uh, about 40 minutes, or 39 minutes and some odd seconds uh, left in the show. Uh, maybe it's 37 minutes and 10 seconds. I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not all that good with math. Uh, for you to call in and read your poem, it's uh, 646-716-7362. We'd love to hear what you have to say to hear your poem, your newest poem, your oldest poem, your mediumist poem, whatever you'd like to do. All right, moving on. Our next call is from the uh, 323 area code. Is this Charlie? Yes, yes, it is. How are you? I'm good. All right, Charlie Zero uh, calling in. What, uh, 323, are you Are you here in Southern Cal? Oh, of course. I'm in, uh, yeah, Hollywood. Hollywood. All right. Yeah, so the you're place a- to the place of Babylon. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. I uh, I would ask how the weather is, but I happen to know it's all right. Oh yeah, of course, of course, of course. Like always, it it goes from cold to hot, and right now it's fresh, to my surprise. But uh... <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I said but. But uh, it sounded like more was coming. I was I was waiting for you know the rest of that uh, uh, to yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I have good news for you and for anybody that's listening. I just released my second chapbook of poetry. This Congratulations! Week, so. What's thank it called? You, thank you. <laughs> it's titled Disney World and the Conspiracy Shadows. <laughs> Finally, uh, you know, we're getting we're getting that out in the open. It's uh it's that's cool. Um yeah. uh, you know, I was I was just at Disney World uh, in Florida uh, in December and I you know, I suspected there was a you know, a secret underworld of shadows that uh that I, that it was being concealed from me uh by clever use of um of uh, people dressed up as mice. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, it's very interesting that you bring this up because this whole chapbook uh, is based on uh, Disney propaganda p- poetry themes. And um, technically, I, yeah, I just I want to be clear here. You you brought it up, but but keep going. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, this uh, you know it's just funny how you mentioned that right now. This you know that that's what I that's just all what I what I was gonna say. Go on. No, that's it. So, uh, Charlie, do you have a poem for us? Yes, yes. I'm going to be reading from my uh, Disney World Conspiracy Shadows here. Um, so this is my uh, my bizarre twist of what I am. I I had a vision of uh, my world of Disney, but with adults seeing this from their perspective, as opposed to. Um, as opposed to uh, uh, um, other cliche things, but um, but anywho, um, I'm gonna be reading. Uh, let me see here. Um, I got something here. Uh, okay, here we go. Um, this one is by. This one is one of my favorites. Um, took me months, months to really uh, get this through. Uh, this one's titled. Uh, by the way, before I uh, 
Uh, well, and I'll, I'll tell you the title. It's titled Disneyland and the Death of Scientology. And before I begin, this is a direct, uh, I guess, uh, I don't like fake religions. And I know that this religion has been around for so many years that I don't know how is it that they're getting away with all this. And it's a shame. But anyway, uh, so this is uh, me giving them the middle finger. <laughs> Jim Jones and L. Ron Hubbard were the biggest swindle pricks, alcoholic, vain, egocentric monsters. Operation Snow White. Tom Cruise and his Humpty Dumpty robots should be labeled straitjacket depraved loonies. Symphony number no. nine. David Miskevich, a self conniving douchebag, fairy tooth, Zanu, junk to post, IRS, powerhouse abuse. Homer Simpson circumcises his bald cap as a novelty fragrance. Afghan superviolence in the happiest place on earth. Bin Laden, Valentine's Day demise. Subatomic watermelon bomb, sayonara, Dr. Strangelove. Orwellian technique commands your giddy hormonal thrall to the cayenne semen hermaphrodite. Jehovah's Witness idolized the flying spaghetti pigs, pyrolunatic shenanigan frenzy. Scientology is stupid, more stupid than the Helter Skelter song, Rosemary's Baby, Initiate Sharon Tate. Mormons and transgenders kissing each other's lips. Caress the temples that blight transgression. Everywhere I look, man and woman fucking to their giveaway infidelity circle of lies. The Garden of Eve, Karma, Gangbang Hullums, Tasting the Sea's Vaginal, Cup of cupiscence. I am not any laboratory rat to have my free for, to have my free will be tested on some imaginary octopus on the seizure. Do I believe in the Lord's name? Sure, I'm down with some fiction. Doctor Seuss, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Thor, Battlestar Galactica, Star Wars, Bigfoot, UFOs, Loch Ness Monster, Star Trek, Teletubby, Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, Lucky Charms, Sleeping Beauty, The Chronicles of Narnia. Do I believe the world is perfect? AIDS, genocide, fake messiah, rapist, domestic violence, serial priest, child molesters, mad cow disease, racism, gonorrhea, lack of respect, abortion, greed, death penalty, spoiled Americans, credit card thieves, corrupt democracy, herpes, suicide, starvation, poverty, ignorance, selfishness, sexism, stubbornness, animal cruelty, consumerism, lack of common sense, backstabbers, people pretending to act like they're someone they're not. Too much welfare, peeping toms, people who addictively Instagram and text and have no social life, tsunami, anorexia, STDs, jealousy, stuck-up people, school shootings, and psychopathic murderers who get their 15 minutes of fame. Amen. Well, Charlie, you uh, certainly have tested our no-content or style restrictions uh, policy right to the limits there oh. with uh, oh. your ideas. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I apologize. I didn't. I didn't know. Um, I, I use no. this for political purposes, but I'm so sorry. I apologize. No, no, I, you're, you're misunderstanding me. We don't have any content or style restrictions, and uh, you, you, oh, oh. you. So it's it's totally cool. Um, you oh, do okay. have to be careful. I, I, I know many poets who are involved with some of the uh, things that you mentioned um, who would take serious issue with, with your perspective on on uh, on their religion and things that they believed in and things that they hold dear. So um, uh, I just want to make it clear that for anyone who happens to be listening who might be um, uh, you know one of those folks that um, – that again, here on Poetry Superhighway, we don't have any content or style restrictions, and we're open to anyone's uh, opinions. Though we would encourage people not to use this forum for um, for hate and to disparage other 
groups of people. Um, and if anyone has a countering uh, opinion or poem, feel free to call in and share it as well. Charlie, thank you so much for calling in, and we'll talk to you next time. Uh, that was Charlie Zero calling from uh, here in Hollywood, California. Um, it is. Uh, we've got a few callers on hold, and we're going to get to you guys shortly. I want to um, uh, move to the uh, spoken or the the uh, uh, spoken word track segment of the show. Whenever we have a new spoken word track from someone, uh, we'll play it uh, at uh, the half hour mark of our show. Um, today, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Philip Levine passed away. And um, I found online a recording of him reading one of his poems that uh, that I, I would like to play for you now. This is uh, Philip Levine reading his poem, The Mercy. The Mercy. The ship that took my mother to Ellis Island 83 years ago was named The Mercy. She remembers trying to eat a banana without first peeling it and seeing her first orange in the hands of a young Scot a seaman who gave her a bite and wiped her mouth for her with a red bandana and taught her the word, orange, saying it patiently over and over. A long autumn voyage, the days darkening with the black waters calming as night came on, then nothing as far as her eyes could see in space without limit, rushing off to the corners of creation. She prayed in Russian and Yiddish to find her family in New York. Prayers unheard of or misunderstood or perhaps ignored by all the powers that swept the waves of darkness before she woke. That kept the mercy afloat while smallpox raged among the passengers and crew until the dead were buried at sea with strange prayers in a tongue she could not fathom. The mercy I read on the yellowing pages of a book I located in a windowless room of the library on 42nd Street, set 31 days offshore in quarantine before the passengers disembarked. There a story ends. Other ships arrive, Tancred out of Glasgow, the Neptune, registered as Danish, Umberto IV, the list goes on for pages. November gives way to winter. The sea pounds this alien shore. Italian miners from Piemonte dig under towns in western Pennsylvania only to rediscover the same nightmare they left at home. A nine-year-old girl travels all night by train with one suitcase and an orange. She learns that mercy is something you can eat again and again while the juice spills over your chin. You can wipe it away with the back of your hands and you can never get enough. Was, uh, that was Philip Levine reading his poem, The Mercy. I uh, borrowed that audio from the Poets and Writers uh, website. Um, thank you, Poets and Writers, for not taking legal action that I've done that. I just uh, I wanted to uh, share a poem by Philip Levine today because he, he passed away, and I think it's a tremendous loss for uh, for poets. Uh, he was a poet that uh, uh, you know had really made it as a poet. He was poet laureate of the United States and someone we could all look to um, as a great example of uh, of, uh, of someone who um, used his words for for good and was really good at it and. Um, and, and he will be missed. So um, <clears throat> here's to Philip Levine, former Poet Laureate, Pulitzer Prize winner, uh, who passed away today in his, in his 80s. All right, moving on, ladies and gentlemen. Our phone number for you to call in and share a poem is area code 646-716-7362. We've got about 25 minutes left in the show. Plenty of time for you to get in and read a poem and tell us what's going on in your world. Our next caller is from... The 307 area code. Hello. Hello, Rick. Hi. Who's Hi. this? My name is Mary. Hi, Mary. Where are you calling from? I am calling from Wyoming. Wyoming. What uh, What city in Wyoming? Do you have more than one city there? I, I know so little about Wyoming. Casper, if you want to Cas call it a city, compared to like Milwaukee. But yes, that's where I'm from. 
All right. You're from Milwaukee. Did you say you're from Milwaukee? Uh, no, I spent some a number of years in Milwaukee. I uh, get it. Okay. Definitely a city. <laughs> no doubt. Well, I'm I'm willing to call Casper, Wyoming, a city if you are. It's uh, you know, it's uh, um, sounds like you have a, a deeper relationship with the place, though. I do. I uh, I like Wyoming. Milwaukee was not for me. Well, I'm so glad you are where you are. Uh, uh, then, um, uh, do you have a poem for us, Mary? Well, I sure do. Um, the fall is is the title of this piece. I have a taste of the street in my mouth. My youth still runs wild through alleyways and cautions stray shadows about the dangers that pass through. I'm drunk and everything sparkles, even teeth. The lights scintillate like jewels and the bridges bedazzle the fools swinging their feet, pretending to be immortal for just a short time. The fall is always worse than the climb. Lonely boys on the phone spend their paycheck talking to someone sweet. And they pay twice as much if you actually meet them in person. There is a fantastic picture of you on display for the world to see. You are on the balcony of some ritzy spot. And behind you is a glittering world of nightlife. Skyscrapers lit like holiday. Cars buzzing by. You are a bit out of focus but you are definitely prominent. So he says he likes the view. You blush and say, thank you, not giving a fuck that he meant the world behind you. In peace. Mary, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Very well read uh, and and uh, kind of immersed me in the world of what was happening there. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Is there, um, thank you for is there... Oh, my pleasure. Um, is there much going on in your area that in you know in terms of live poetry readings that you can go to uh, in in your neck of the woods? Well, if there is, I don't know it. I never go. Uh, I don't go out too much, so I I don't know about any poetry readings. I'd like to try to get one started, but that's kind of difficult. Well, that's uh, you know that's what I always tell people when they don't uh, know of one is to get one started. I mean, maybe maybe go to the local library and let's say, hey, I want to start an open poetry reading. Let's let's do it uh, one weekend and see who comes out. You know, it's uh, uh, it's uh, you could be the one to uh, to make it happen. Yeah, it's fantastic. The only thing is logistics, you know, um, and some people have tender spots, so you'd have to find a forum where. If a poet comes up and reads something very touchy, that everyone understands that it is that poet's view. And a lot of people won't allow you to read certain things simply because, you know, it has cursing in it or themes of a particular kind. So that's really what the problem is. I, I would like to have a, a reading where all voices are heard and all feelings are felt. So that's what makes it difficult. There's got to be, you know, if there, there's got to be a place that would allow. Maybe a library isn't the right place for that, but um, a little art gallery, uh, you know, the stage at a bar. Um, I know that um, here in Southern California, there's a lot of places just like that. I ran a reading for for a long time, uh, which had no content or style restrictions, and and pretty much anything went. I, I you know, I, I bet with the right the right venue, and you, you have a conversation with the person who runs it, and say exactly. What you what you just said, you know, I, this is what I want it to be like. Are you okay with that? And they're either going to say yes or no, and you just find a place until yeah. they say yes. And uh, and uh, anyone who comes to that kind of thing is going to kind of expect that, you know. And uh, and odds are you'll get more people there than not. Um, uh, right. And uh, and anyone who who is is uncomfortable with that, you know, that just kind of sparks a conversation, which is which is of benefit to have at any rate. So. So that's your that's your job between now and next next time you call in, uh, Mary, is to get something started and and let us know how it's going. Well, um, that probably won't happen, but I can <laughs> pretend. <laughs> I usually just read online because that's uh, safer, I guess. But if Maybe. I do, I will tell you next time I call in. Do it. Well, at least next time you're in town, take a look around and see what's out there and then think, I wonder if this would be a good place for a reading. And 
You know, it uh, you know, couldn't hurt. The second time I think I've spoken to you live, Rick, so it's cool to hear you again. You actually oh. were one of the first people to publish a piece of poetry of mine on the Poetry Superhighway. It was called Seagull. What's your last name? Goth. Mary Goth. Yes. Well, um, I'm so glad that uh, to talk with you again, and uh, and that we, you know, that Poetry Superhighway has been a good venue for you, and I look I look forward to talking with you next time. Sure thing. Enjoy your show, and good reading, everyone. Thanks so much. All right, that was Mary calling from uh, uh, Casper, Wyoming. We'll see if she takes up the challenge and uh, and uh, and uh, starts a, a reading by the next time she we do a show. Our next show, by the way, uh, we're not we're not done yet, but just so you know, is uh, March twenty second. In case I, I don't have the chance to tell you that or forget to tell you at the end of the hour, I probably won't. I'm pretty good about. It that, but just in case, March 22nd is the next one. Um, All right, moving on. The number to call in for you to call and read a poem is 646-716-7362. I I saw a message posted online that there was a poet from Ireland who wanted to call in, but but was, uh, but you know, we, 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 uh, but but was on hold for a long time. Unfortunately, I don't have any way of knowing uh, where you're calling from, and, and it's kind of, you know, there's this sort of fair thing going on where I I, I take the callers in the in the order that you you call in, uh, just so people don't have to wait uh, any longer than than when than anyone else based on when they call in. So I apologize uh, uh, if you, if you're on hold for a while. I just uh, you know we just take the callers as uh, as they come in. Uh, you can avoid tolls if instead of using your phone to call in. Um, if if you don't have a, a plan that has uh, unlimited minutes or whatever, um, by by clicking on the buttons on the website, which let you just use your microphone on your computer to to uh, to connect over the internet, etc. Like uh, our next caller does does um, uh, uh, Neville Hyatt from uh, from Australia. Hi Neville. Hi Rick. Yeah, it's all well and good when it works. It took me a bit. Of- I had to log into the show today because the Facebook login wasn't working, so I had to create a brand new account, which I swear took twice as long as the original one did. And then once I did get logged in, Skype wanted to auto-update, and yeah, anyway. <laughs> I'm here. I got to listen to the last time. Unfortunately, I missed the first half of the show, though. That's okay. You know, of course, you can always go back and listen in the archive uh, at any time. Uh, so uh, it's, and it's I, not I like it's I will, gone because I... I heard enough bits and pieces of that Disneyland uh, one that I'm curious to know what I missed out on now. So I'll have to go back into the archives. Do it. Do it. Oh, Neville, you've got your speaker oh, Neville, up there. You've got your speaker I, up there I, I hear myself I, I hear in the myself background, so can you turn your, so your speaker off? Yeah, 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 I can turn you down. That's fine. I don't need to listen to you, Rick. <laughs> Headphones, that's the key to uh, the key to this, uh, this business here. Um, so... Uh, tell me, uh, do, can you read it? Will you share your poem with us? Yeah, yeah. i got a brand new one I wrote. I uh, actually wrote three in one night, a couple of nights back. Um, and this is one of them. It's called Journeys. Take a good long look at this guitar. Every every dent, every scratch. They all tell a story. Journeys of my life. Of friends no longer here. Of loves left behind. Take a long look at this guitar, but please be kind. This is my heart, my life, my soul. Strings on this guitar doesn't make me whole. I could sand it back and make it look like new. But I'm afraid you'd still see through. Every nick, every hint, every scratch. Have a look inside each one and see a chapter of my life. Of dreams shattered, of hopes unfulfilled. But through it all there was you. Putting messages of things when I played till they bled. Pulling the covers up when I fell asleep, writing a new song in your bed. There for me long after the last fan had left. The records and the trophies never changed a thing. You were always there, ready to hand me a new string. And that's that piece. That's a great love poem to your guitar. Um, I love it. Neville, thank you. And congrats on uh, writing so many pieces in such a short period of time. Yeah, it was a, uh, an interesting night. So I was just in the zone, and one after the other, they just popped out. So, 
Fantastic. Um, anything, uh, anything you want to share that's going on in poetry down under that uh, that's new, or, or you want to just highlight? Yeah, it's been a massive uh, start for the year. I've already done um, three poetry workshops months, which is pretty full on. Um, and there's a live poetry reading happening as part of the live free concert series, um, which we run at the end of each summer here in town. Um, so that's kind of cool that they're bringing in spoken word into where normally only musicians would get paid to gig. Um, mm. And then they're also doing some live poetry readings as part of a um, big flower festival that happens here every year in March. So it's a pretty exciting start to the year for poetry. And some really exciting news, Rick, is that my collection of short stories is going to be translated from English slash Australian into uh, Spanish by uh, a uni student over there in a college in California. Oh, wow. So uh, there's a nice little local tidbit for you. One of your Californians who speaks Spanish and English very well is um, going to translate my book for me. Well, congratulations on that. That's a big deal. Uh, um, it's uh, uh, I, I will uh, wander around Southern California looking for evidence of that. <laughs> well, in about three months' time, hopefully it'll all be complete. Fantastic. Well, um, listen, Neville, thank you so much for calling in. As you always do, sorry, sorry you had trouble, uh, but uh, but you made it. So uh, we're we're in good shape, and we'll talk to you next time. Fabulous, and I look forward to hearing that Irish poet if he ever makes it on the show. <laughs> uh, me too. Me too. Um, all right, that was uh, uh, Neville Hyatt calling from from down under from Australia, uh, <clears throat> reading reading one of his new poems, love poem to his guitar. How appropriate uh, to read a love poem uh, the day after Valentine's Day uh, here in uh, in uh, in the United States. I don't know if they have Valentine's Day uh, in other parts of the world. Do they? I don't know. All right. Um, maybe this is that Irish poet. Hello. Um, I'm, I see a, an international phone number. Um, is this you? Is it... Hi. Uh, this is Gene. Hi, Gene. Welcome aboard. Hey, Rick. How's it going? It's going well. What, uh, what, ta- what town in uh, Ireland are you calling from? I'm in Cork County. Cork County? It's, on the, it's County Cork, yeah, on the south coast. South coast. Okay. Um yeah. Cool. I uh, uh, I don't know that we've had a caller from Ireland before. My wife and I actually were thinking of going to Ireland this summer. I don't know that it's going to work out. We we kind of have oh, these thoughts. Well, I tell you Go what, no, Rick. The best thing to, the best thing to do is that uh, I I'm the chairman. I founded the Fomoy International Poetry Festival, and it's on uh, the first weekend of August every year. So hmm. if you want to come with your wife for the festival this year, come over and stay with us. I will keep that in mind. I don't know that we'll be able to travel at that point. Usually, we we get out a little earlier, but um, but uh, let, let me be in touch with you offline um, about uh, or off the cool. air, I should say, and yeah. Uh, yeah. you know we'll see what we can what we can do. Thanks. So what, why don't you? I know you're uh, you're spending a lot of money for uh, to call in, which I appreciate. Tell me, uh, will you will you share your poem with us? Yeah. Well, what I want to say first, Rick, is that uh, you published poems of mine first, if I'm correct, in 2006 or 2005. <laughs> Um, I was Poet of the Week one time with uh, Jonathan Hayes from San Francisco mm. and on a second time, I think a couple of years later. Um, I read a poem um, a few months back, the Salzburg Review, the University of Salzburg, um, in their quarterly, they did a review of my, my last book and they asked me for a new poem, a few new poems. And this is one of the poems that they published. And it's called Stuffing Hanks as in a hank of wool. Got it. One day I will cry forever. Not like a terrace loser or a baby-faced softy. You know, a terminal cry. I will stoke my engine with nights without sleep <laughs> and invasions, childhood floggings and hidden wounds, attacks and black-suited fiends. I won't forget to douse the unexpected with rivers of anal blood and floods of small boy tears. I will hold up all of those walls I've fallen off and hidden behind with screaming wrongs and decorate my sky with pointing children's fingers. A cortege of forbidden questions will at last assemble 
and trod without notice to a brand new place of old, where every squeezed open pair of perfect ears will finally embrace my slowest form of death. And they will no longer speak of the odd little boy who grew to be that strange kind of fella, always the loner decorating corners, the weirdo and the dark horse. And I will meet the dark father dressed in dresses from the dark box, the groomer of my unlived life. I will wear my coat of fury and beat and stomp and slap and bite down hard. Return the pent-up painful years of screams, accuse and insult and verbally stab. I will hand back shame, stuff hanks of guilt deep into his larynx. I will pleasure for my first time. That same day, a man will fall into the carefully planned death of a family. And each season, his only friend who understood him will refuse to yield the buried pictures of childhood rape he'd sown. Thanks, Ray. Thank you, Gene. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, I'm glad to hear someone calling from the United Kingdom. Uh, and, uh, and hey, hey, uh, hey, 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 hey! Not the United Kingdom, Ireland. <laughs> oh, sorry. Is it uh, big difference? That's that's America and Canada. If you know what I mean. Gotcha, gotcha. Under understood. Yeah, yeah, I um, yeah. I I am going to do my research before I comment any more on on that whole <laughs> uh, on that whole thing. Okay. Um, glad to hear your voice regardless, and uh, let's be in touch about that festival and, and see if uh, anything's possible. Thanks for calling okay, in. Okay, cool. And All you right, too. take Thanks it easy. Bye. Bye. Sure. Bye. That was uh, Gene Barry calling from Ireland, not the United Kingdom, ladies and gentlemen. I was <laughs> I was just testing him to see if he knew. <laughs> and he did. He passed. You passed, Gene. Well done. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I got uh, four people on the line and about nine minutes left in the show. I'm going to see if we can get to all of you. Um don't know that it'll be possible, but uh, we'll try. Our next caller is from, whoa, there it is, the 765 area code. Hello. Hello, Rick. Hi. Uh, this is Thomas. This is Thomas Welby Cox calling. Hi. Where, where are you calling Hi. from, Thomas? I'm calling from uh, Richmond, Indiana. Hmm. Um, great. Well, welcome to Poetry Superhighway Live. Of course, I, I recognize your, your name because you've participated in Poetry Superhighway stuff in the past um, and would love to hear your poem. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm reminded, listening to our international guest, of uh, a little stanza from your <laughs> wonderful book, The Gettysburg Address. Uh, some of the early Monets don't look like Monets at all, which shows you what the hell I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm blushing and honored that I'm blushing and honored that someone in Indiana has my book. Uh, I, you're probably the one in the state. Um, so thank you very much. That's so cool. I'll, I'll have to try to do something about that because it's a great book. Uh, Rick, I've uh, sent in my chapbook for your, uh, your giveaway coming up. I'm real happy to participate. I'd like to read to you uh, uh, a poem I wrote uh, recently. It's called Grown Men Don't Cry. Throughout my life, I've often heard the abstract refrain, big boys don't cry, though no one ever explained to tell me why. So when I fell and skinned my knee, missed the basket or lost the girl, no one came to comfort me. In the game of daily life, I quickly learned to turn and quip. It doesn't hurt through quivering lip. And as I grew to be a man, to shoulder guns and other burden over years, I silently learned to suck it up and stifle tears. Though be a big boy may have meant we have no time for you or your lament. What's a young boy to think of or do? Quite soon I learned to be a man, and the woman I knew couldn't understand that I could play that stoic role while emotional storm and personal anxiety may have consumed my soul. No sort of pain of an emotional nature or setback 
could there be would force a single tear from me. Then one long day as I stood nearby, out of body and in stark contrast to our life, I heard my son slowly ebb and end his, and end his strife. And in that moment, all the anger, all the fear, all the pain of yesteryear, to my surprise, all that tearless talk was nothing more than grown-up lies. That night, and many others, privately and in plain sight, I cried and had no shame. I will not play that big boy game. Not fear the scorn of patient, of parents, teachers, or peers. I openly and without remorse, I let my sorrow and my pain flowing out to take its course. So those of you who place emotional distance from your son and and are unable to abide, a man you've seen on occasion openly cry, reach out to him, perhaps as you should have for your own son, and with all your heart, as one whose life may be momentarily torn apart. For grown men do cry, and small boys under cover, when they are able to clearly see their emotional needs on or their loss of immortality. No loss that I can see, the death of a child torn from me, by God, by war, by destiny, then all the rain due in preceding years, when the pain in your throat so compellingly brings tears in an endless cascade as memory streams, when mindless fate, useless loss or neglect of spirit destroys the dream, are reasons why that in a moment and for infinity, boys will forever cry. Thomas, thank you so much for reading that. Um, I uh, I would love to talk with you more, but I've only got three minutes left in the show, and I want to try to get to at least one other caller. Um, and that was Thanks. a bit of a long piece that you read there, but uh, do call in again, okay? I want to I want to hear hear some All more right. from you. All right, take, take it care. easy. That was that was uh, Thomas Welby Cox from Richmond, Indiana. Moving on to a caller from the three zero seven area code. Hi. Hello again, Rick. It's Mary again. Uh, Mary, I'm sorry. I'm going to let you go because I want to uh, get to a caller who hasn't uh, uh, been heard yet today. So is there a caller from, from the uh, 617 area code? Hi. Yes, hello. How are you, Hi. Mr. Lupert? I'm good. Who's this? My name is Stuart. Stuart, and where are you calling from? I'm calling from Brookline, Massachusetts, just near Boston. Oh, great. Do you have a, a fairly short poem because I've got about two minutes left and I need to say some things at the end? I've got a... I didn't wasn't expecting that. Uh, well, how do, yes, I've got the I've got the telomere poem. Hold on a second. Yes, okay, it's fairly short. Okay. okay. Uh, I I should say that this appeared on uh, a publication that's online. Can I mention the name of it? Quickly. It's it's verse virtual. It's a wonderful publication. Okay. Shall I read? Please. Okay. It's called the telomere. It's the little cap on a strand of DNA that stops the chromosome strands from fraying. It degrades after many divisions, a little more each time, and prevents cells from reproducing. The end of the telomere is the end of us. We, helpless, watch our little cap wither day by day as they are programmed, our ends written in beginnings. Photo albums, if in sequence, progress toward the inevitable. The newborn pictures, feedings, first steps, potty, riding horsey, the sleepovers, breaking curfew, diplomas, stop, no more. Even then we are coming undone, growing our memories at the same time unraveling our strands. Now scientists are looking at the planarian worm whose magic resides in everlasting telomeres. When they reproduce, offspring not diminishing but truly fortified, while we trade our fate with our children for collateral. If you could be an immortal, how much time would you waste? How would it be to know the play never ended? 
maybe with so much time on our hands, we could reach Maslow's pyramid top. Remember that? Self-actualization? Stuart, i got to cut you off. I'm so sorry. I've only got uh, 10 seconds left in the show. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, uh, thanks, everyone. Listen, our next show is March 22nd at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific. Thanks for everyone who called in. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. Bye.